Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. Come inside, the show's about to start. Guaranteed to blow your head apart. This is the Shannon Smith Shooting Podcast. Gas it up. What's up, guys? Welcome back. We're going to try the truck cast again. Seemed to go pretty well last time. I haven't got any feedback yet because I haven't uploaded the episode. That'll actually upload tonight as I record this. So it'll be interesting to see what you guys think about the first go-round. I think the quality is sufficient. uh, With the trade-off being we'll get a lot more episodes out. And that's something I'll I'll figure out as I go. I I kind of always initially thought like a monthly thing and then a, a twice monthly thing. So now thinking maybe even weekly uh, keep them short and sweet and I know the podcast that I listen to I, I tend to like the shorter ones that I can listen to a, a whole episode on my commute versus the ones that are try to be an hour hour and 20 or whatever they're not bad but once you got to break it up you forget what they were talking about at least I do so that's what I'm thinking uh, that'll require some more content I don't want to just babble at you for the for the sake of it so be sure and Hit me up with your questions either through the Facebook page at Shannon Smith Shooting or uh, you can email me off of the website, either my website or uh, our academy website at Universal Shooting Academy. Either way will we'll work. Got a spiffy new intro thanks to my my boy John Wesley. Uh, so we're I was excited for that. That's a strong word, but it's pretty cool. Keep me from holding my cell phone up, playing a YouTube track of ELP while I'm trying to drive down the road. That might not be the safest thing. Uh, another interesting thing about the the truck cast, I'm in central Florida, in the hilly part of the state, which is relative, not many hills in Florida, but there is a little bit of a ridge in the center of the state where the kind of the coast came together, I guess. <laughs> and just, I actually had to stop the podcast and start over because I was laughing. There was this dude that was it's very rural. I'm in the middle of nowhere. Uh, way too old to be on a longboard at the top of the hill. And he was just kind of looking and, I think, uh, mustering up the courage to, to give it a go. I've got places to be tonight. Otherwise, I'd like to, I'd like to hang out and watch him watch him take a, take a stab at it. So, never know what we'll get to talk about during the truck cast. Uh, World Shoot Prep is going along well. Uh, actually, by the time this is released, I will probably be on a plane. We're leaving this coming Tuesday, the 22nd, for France. So that'll put us put us in a few days early to get acclimated and get used to the time change and hopefully get some shooting in. Not sure what the shooting situation is going to be over there. They haven't been super forthcoming with information on the website. So I'm not sure uh, the procedure or if there's a specific practice range or, or how that's going to work. But surely they'll have somewhere for us to shoot, I would hope. Plan to, to get some rounds down there. It's gonna, you know, it's gonna be weird. I've been training really hard, shooting every day, and now with uh, you know travel down to Miami, we're flying out of Miami, so that's a travel down there, then the flight, and then getting situated in France, and who knows how long? You know, it could be two, three, two or three days, maybe even four days before I shoot again. So that could definitely be weird and something I'm trying to avoid and get some rounds down. As soon as I can, I've got plenty of ammo over there. I shipped I shipped ammo with uh, the U.S. contingent 
and then I'm carrying ammo as well so I'll have superfluous amounts of 9mm major and uh, plenty plenty to shoot should I have the time and again we're on half day schedules so it'd be nice to especially on the on the on the days that you shoot PM nice to get there in the morning and shoot some get some rounds downrange kind of get a little little warm-up going on uh, I'm not sure again they're not they haven't put out much information their website kind of sucks but um, on our Shannon Smith shooting Facebook page I'll keep everything updated there as soon as I find out where the scores are going to be I'll get a link up for that and then I will try to get some match video up throughout the week as well uh, they're doing paper scoring welcome to 1998 but uh, regardless though I'll get a, I'll get links and I'll get them up scores updated as quickly as, as they can um, our where we're staying supposedly has Wi-Fi so if that's decent I will try to get match videos up throughout the week and then I don't know probably won't get any, won't get any podcasts out but with my new handy dandy little portable recorder here going to carry that along and I'll try to get some some podcasts with some of the pro shooters and uh, maybe even some folks from around the world so if you've got any specific questions for uh, for the big dogs or people from other countries uh, again shoot shoot me an email or, or Facebook post and I will do my best to accommodate uh, put a web or a video up on YouTube and the Facebook page this week of a strong hand only Bianchi which was a pretty proud moment for me. You, if you've trained with me or, or paid much attention to my shooting, you you know I really like the Bianchi drill as as a as a practice for fundamentals marksmanship, practice for trigger control. And I've always felt that my movement aspect of the game was pretty decent in terms of efficiency, getting in, and that type of thing. So I've never really worked a ton on that. I have worked a ton on trigger on trigger control, though a ton, and a ton is an understatement. Uh, with the theory that. Now, as I tell my students, the better your trigger control is, the faster you can pull the trigger correctly. The faster you can pull the trigger, the faster you can shoot. And that's what we're all striving for. And we talk a lot about prepping the trigger. And yes, that's an important skill. But full disclosure, you know, pro shooters are not prepping the trigger very often, if ever. And I certainly do sometimes. But, uh, but, but working on that perfect manipulation of the trigger gives you the, you know, the muscle mechanics to be able to, to work the trigger in a, in a faster fashion without uh, jerking it or without moving the gun around. So I spent a lot of time working the Bianchi drill. I shoot it every practice session at least once, if not multiple times. Uh, for those not familiar, it's a drill from, from the Bianchi Cup, the NRA Action Pistol Shooting Championships. Your standard six-plate rack. Uh, technically, the Bianchi rack, I think, is uh, 18 inches on center, but that's not super relevant. Eight-inch plates, six of them. You shoot the rack twice from each of four distances. 10 yards, 15 yards, 20, and 25. There's a part time associated with each distance, six, seven, eight, nine seconds respectively. So there's enough time that's not a, especially once you get the hang of the drill, that's, that's certainly not a pressure factor, but it just keeps you from dilly-dallying too often. And I've got a lot of variants on it, crazy plates and things that you've probably seen in the past that I'm not gonna go into now, but this year when I decided to um, was formulating my plan for the for the uh, world shoot train up. I came up with some with some new ones, 
and that I'd never done before. Uh, strong hand only, Bianchi, weak hand only, Bianchi. I uh, did a, a load Bianchi with an unloaded start at every string uh, and a reload Bianchi. So that was shoot three plates, reload, shoot the other three plates uh, during during every run. And the, the, latter, the latter ones were not challenging. I just like a regular Bianchi drill, which is really no big deal with an open gun. Um, but the strong hand weekend was challenging. And obviously the weekend was more challenging and I was doing decent. I shot some 45s, 46s. I even shot one 47 weekend. Once I started to get the feel for it and uh, you know, the ability to, to, to manipulate that trigger correctly, and I shot a number of 47s stronghand. And so I kind of set the goal that I'm going to get this bitch. I'm going to clean this thing before I leave for the world shoot. And that was a month and a half or two months ago. So it's been uh, it's been a struggle getting there. And you know, I don't I don't spend hours on it because I've got to practice other important practice sessions but I've you know shot it at least once during every practice session over the last couple months uh, so finally Wednesday I, I cleaned it and I actually cleaned it on camera I came out and shot it in the morning the beginning of the practice session I was just going to shoot it one time and then go on about my about my session but I shot a damn 47 and I was cleaned back to 25 and uh, I thought well hell let's give it one more go so I turned the camera on. I thought it'd be cool to actually catch it on camera and pulled it off. So it was exciting for me. I mean, if you haven't done it, I was talking to somebody laughing. Like, nobody understands how difficult something like that is. It may be, hey, maybe you go out tomorrow and you clean it three times in a row. Maybe it's not hard for you, but I can tell you it's hard for me. And this is the most advanced equipment possible uh, with a, in terms of handguns. And, and it was a super struggle for, for me who doesn't totally suck at shooting. Uh, so I, I don't know if it's ever been done. Surely, surely somebody's tried it, but I don't know if it's ever been done. But uh, definitely a, a cool moment, and made my kind of made my day, made my week. So I'm feeling feeling ready. I'm shooting a local match tomorrow in South Florida. Uh, Sunday probably clean clean guns real good, and then shoot a little bit. Monday shoot a little bit, and then Tuesday we're out. So I'll have some updates on the world shoot. Uh, as soon as I get back, and then we'll get on to more normal schedule with the with the uh, podcast, and now with the truck cast. As I mentioned, hopefully have a more regular schedule and get more info out to you more frequently. Uh, one question I was going to cover this this episode: a guy asked on our Facebook page about uh, red dot sights or or open division. He's he's in his case he's going to carry optics. He's going to shoot that for a year. He's primarily an iron-sided shooter, or has been an iron-sided shooter up to this point. Uh, Got to go to carry optics for a year, and was asking my thoughts on benefits and cons and uh, what to, what to think about. Uh, I'm a huge proponent of shooting open, and I, you know I've normally said this before carry optics was around. So talking about open guns, and, and I would say even. Even put a uh, put a red dot on your on your limited gun. Put a mount on your limited gun. Shoot 40 with no compensator, and you're still going to get a lot of the same benefits from the dot as you would shooting open if you didn't want to invest in an open gun. And that's pretty much what carry optics is. It's you know slide mounted uh, slide mounted dot. So it behaves a little a little differently, uh, but you're still going to get a lot of the same benefits. And I'm 
Uh, again, a big proponent of that for iron-sided shooters uh, for a lot of different reasons. The one thing I would caution, though, is you've got to give it some time. I, I would not recommend uh, shooting open or shooting carry optics for uh, a week or a day or three days and then jump back to your iron sights and then two weeks later going to carry optics for a week or a day and then coming back. I, I don't know that that's super beneficial, uh, at least in my opinion, I think not. But if you can dedicate some time, uh, you know, six months, a year, uh, three, four months at least, uh, that's when I think you start to see the benefits. So if you have a, if you have a particular match that that's important to you in your main division, let's say single stack nationals or something like that, or the Florida Open maybe in production, whatever it might be, you know, it would be nice and backwards plan from there because you want to be back on your main gun for a bit as well. You know, I would say a month minimum, if not two. And then, so backwards plans. All right, well, single stack nationals is in June. Uh, I'm going to back up a couple of months from there. I'm going to go back to the single stack gun. So that gives me until whatever it is, uh, April. And then I want six or eight months on the on the open gun or carry out this gun before that. And so you work your way backwards. The, the benefits are the precision of seeing. And the, the guns perform... Uh, amazingly the same, very, very similar. And this could be talking about limited and open or production and carry optics, either way. Uh, the gun does the same thing, more or less, whether there's a dot on it or not. The uh, issue or the benefit is you, you can't see it that precisely when you're shooting iron sights. If you're, if you can imagine shooting a, um, I don't know, 35 yard paper or something, for example. As you're holding the gun out there, the gun's going to have some level of built-in wobble zone to it. You're not going to be able to hold the gun perfectly steady. It's going to have some movement. And if you're shooting an iron-sided gun, the perception of that movement is going to be way, way, way less than if you're shooting a dot. If you hold a dot up there, it looks like the gun is shaking all over the place. And that comes into play for a lot of reasons. If, uh, well, for example, I, I was a limited shooter for years before I switched to open in preparation for this world shoot. Uh, but I shot open for a long time before that. So I've got experience behind the open gun. And they normally had the national championships back-to-back, limited and open. Uh, they were in Vegas for a number of years, and then Utah, but and buried before that. But I would shoot, I would always shoot the open nationals because I'm there anyway. It's another national championship, and it was fun. Uh, but I wouldn't practice. I just, I'd, you know, shoot my open gun enough to, to make it sure it worked, make sure it worked, and throw it in the in the bag, and off off I went. And I performed okay, but I was I was off the pace. Of course, that's to be expected if you're not if you're not behind that platform against the best in the world. But the main reason I was off the pace was uh, being too precise. I, I would present the gun to target, and. It would take me a long time to pull the trigger because waiting, I was waiting for the dot to settle down because the dot perceived, perceptibly looked like to me like it was moving around all over the place. And then I finally realized, dude, it's never leaving the A zone. Or if it's a long target, it's never leaving the C zone. Pull the damn trigger. Let's go. But coming from you know working on iron sights so hard where you're waiting for a level of, of acceptability, waiting for that sight to settle down to a certain degree before you work the trigger... With an open gun, it appears 
that it's moving around a lot more. It's really not. It's moving around the same, or I should say the other way, your, your iron sighted gun is moving around the same just as much. You just don't have that level of precision, so then that frees you up to work the trigger uh, quicker, actually. Uh, so you gain that. It, it also pretty much removes one of your fundamentals. It's, it's you know, again, more or less taking away sight picture. I have, I have different ways I use the dot sight, different types of sight pictures, just like I do with with iron sights, but but more or less, the, the big importance of it is it's taking away that time required to shift your focus to the front sight when shooting an iron-sighted gun. And the benefit of that is that frees you up to 100% work on trigger control. And you're probably catching a theme here, but trigger control is everything. I mean, the, the ability to work the trigger without moving the gun is, is everything in pistol shooting. And the more aggressive and, and faster you can pull the trigger, the faster you can shoot. But again, you've got to be able to do that without moving the gun off target. Uh, so going to the dot sight takes away uh, the need for shifting focus with iron sights and allowing you to focus more on the trigger. And again, the guns perform the same. So when you manipulate the trigger on your dot gun, the action of the gun, the movement of the gun is the same as it is with your iron sights. So you're going to be able to see a whole lot more going on when you jerk the trigger, let's say, or you push it a little left, or you anticipate a little down. All these little intricacies on working the trigger, you're going to see them much, much, much more precisely with a dot gun than with the iron gun. And so that translates back over, and then you realize, ah, that's what it, that's what it feels like when I do this, or that's what it looks like when I do that. Um, when you're going back to the iron sights. For example, I shot the factory gun match, which is a, a big local match, for lack of a better word, in uh, Clearwater at the Wyoming Antelope Club, my old, old home range in December. I shot there last year, and I shot it in carry optics. Uh, first time, I think, I guess it was after nationals, so I had shot carry, opti na carry optics nationals but then, other than that, there's the second match ever I had in carry optics. Glock 34 with uh, RTS-2. And I shot okay. I, th I think I won the match. But the important part of the point of the story is on, on one particular stage, and this was, this was when carry optics was 10 rounds. Um, so that matters as well. This one particular stage, I come into this last position, and it was, I forget exactly, but it was like a 10-round position with one or two poppers or something like that. And as you're coming in aggressive, there's a pretty close to medium range, wide open paper target. And that's the first target you engage before you transition over to the harder stuff. Well, I jerked the trigger coming in, setting up on that wide open target, so I took a makeup shot. Uh, well, that put me, you know, right to the limit on the rounds, and then I missed the steel one, I missed one steel one time. Uh, so the makeup on that required a standing, a standing load. So I had a standing load, finish out the stage, not at the end of the world. Well, I go up and look at that wide open target that I took the extra shot on because I jerked the trigger, and it's like a middle C. And it just didn't dawn on me. I mean, I knew I knew that level of precision and seeing and, and stuff that we talked about from going from open to limited, or limited to open, but it never, I'd never really consciously thought about it going from production to, production to carry optics. But it was the exact same thing that bit me in the butt. Uh, 
had that been an iron-sided gun, you wouldn't even, I wouldn't even have perceived probably that level of jerk. Uh, I wouldn't have thought twice about it. Wouldn't have made it. it wouldn't have taken a makeup shot, and it would have been fine. Uh, and even with the open gun, I'm familiar with that. I'm, I'm comfortable. But with the iron sight gun, it looked to me like I jerked the hell out of the gun because I saw that dot jump so fast, so far. It really wasn't that far, but that's the way it perceived. So that's the difference in in the in the level of seeing that I'm talking about and why. Uh, I, I think it's beneficial, but you got to give yourself some time. I mean, the gun's not going to present anywhere at all like you're close to, especially if you've never shot a dot before. Uh, you got to dry fire the hell out of it. The grip is is uh, as or even more important than it is with a with an iron sighted gun. When you present, when you draw and present the gun with iron sights, if your uh, grip is off a little bit and your alignment is off. It's very easy to see, oh, there's the front sight over on the left, or oh, there's the front sight, it's up high. You know, when you present a dot gun, if you've got no dot in the window, <laughs> you have no earthly idea where the hell that dot is. And that's where you see the guys fishing around. Uh, unless you ingrain that you ingrain that in dry fire. I could tell pretty good now with uh, you know with a freestyle grip, the the dot is on. I don't I don't miss that unless my grip is off. But then I know that I know instantly my grip is off, and I can usually tell where it's off. I can usually tell uh, the dot's going to be over to the left or something like that. Um, strong hand, I'm pretty solid now because I put a lot of work a lot of work in this year. And weekend, I'm pretty good as well. So I'm feeling really confident on strong hand weekend stuff. But that makes it even more difficult uh, when you're coming with one hand. Just because you don't have that, uh, not a big fan of the word muscle memory, but you don't, you don't have those repetitions to, re, to, to get the feel of where you have to present the gun and how you have to present the gun to find the dot. So it takes some time in order to start seeing the benefits. If you're fishing for the dot every time you're pulling the trigger, you're not getting, um, you know, you're not getting the benefit of working that gun. You're spending too much time just trying to, just trying to find the dot. Uh, so, you know, again, three months minimum, I would say. Six months will be awesome. A year will be even better. And then that's going to translate back really, really well to your iron-sided shooting. I'm actually thinking about going back to limited after the world shoot here. I've been banging the open gun pretty hard. I'm kind of looking forward to going back to iron sights uh, maybe before I, I can't see anymore. <laughs> uh, maybe dip, goofing around on some three-gun as well. That's obviously iron sights also. So I'm looking forward to that, and, and I'll have you know, more to report once I get accustomed to going back again. I've gone from, from solid on iron sights to the dot a lot, but not a lot back the other way. Uh, Pro-Am I just shot a couple weeks ago. That was painfully evident because I haven't, haven't touched the limited gun all year and just jerked it out and trying to run with the best in the world with the iron sight gun didn't, didn't go so hot till the end. But eight stage match you know once I was five or six stages in it was like I was getting back behind the gun again and and doing pretty well so it'll, it'll come back so if that answers the question uh, definitely valuable in moving to the dot uh, to improve your iron sight performance and get to shoot a new division too that's kind of cool um, so guys hit me up on Facebook or email with your questions think that's going to wrap it up for today and I'm off to Francais and I will try to get some uh, little short snippets from the big dogs while I'm gone. See you on the range. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're